You are now listening to a Fit Plus Love production. When I was in Kona in the 80s, I had come from a race in Japan. And Stephen was going to meet me there, but I had just a rear disc wheel on the back of my bike. And I was on the course training. And a gentleman came up to me on a scooter and just kind of curtly said, you shouldn't be on the course with the disc wheel. You know, you're going to get blown over. And, and you know, it's windy. And I, and I said, yes, I know I can't use this. I'm waiting for my husband to bring me my other wheel. And so... You know how you take something for years and you think about it, you know, and and obviously we didn't have Kona for two years and I wanted to do something special and I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I was thinking about something incredibly different and fast and my my team and I were working on something else, but it wasn't the 180 and I, I just I said, this isn't right. And then I was in a meeting with them in the first or second week of August and it's like a penny from heaven. It, it just, as the meeting evolved, I said, no, I know what I want to do. I got it. We're going to take our jet and we're going to make it as deep as we can. It would just, it just was an immediate thought. I can't tell you how it happened. It just happened. I think Stephen was signaling me. I really do. That was Anne Head. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, welcome, and welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. Today on the podcast, I sync up with Head Cycling Products CEO and co-founder, Anne Head. Designed and handmade in the USA since 1984, head cycling products and head wheels are at the forefront of performance, combining innovation, superior manufacturing, and top materials. Head wheels are aerodynamically optimized, efficient, and reliable to empower riders in their quest for speed during time trials, triathlons, road races, grand fondos, and gravel adventures. Riders of all levels, world champions, Olympians, elite and recreational athletes around the globe ride head wheels. Most recently, podcast guest and pro triathlete Sam Laidlow came in second place at Ironman World Championships in Kona riding their new Jet 180 wheel. During our conversation, Anne and I dial it back to how she started her career as a pro triathlete in the 80s, when she met her husband, Steve, who owned the local bike shop, and how head cycling products began. We talk about some of the many game-changing pioneering innovations the company has created over the past 40 years, and most recently, the Jet 180 wheel, which debuted at Ironman World Championships in Kona, and how that wheel came to fruition. We also talk about what's on deck for 2023. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this super inspiring conversation with Anne Head as she is a true entrepreneur running a family business that is one of the best manufacturers of wheels around the globe. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple. It's easy, head over to your app, Click on the Money on the Move podcast, scroll all the way to the bottom where you see the five stars, then click on leave a review and tell us what you love about the podcast. Also, feel free to share this episode on your social channels. Before we dive in, shout out to our sponsors at Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is the ultra personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to help you optimize your body from the inside out. It transforms your body's data into meaningful insights and a customized action plan of the science-backed nutrition recommendations you need to optimize your health. Get 20% off today at insidetracker.com slash Marnie on the move. Now onto my conversation with Anne. 
And it is so wonderful to have you on the podcast today. Well, I'm super excited to be chatting with you. I'm here in Minnesota where it's all snowy and cold with my puppy jacket on and you're in New York and I don't think it's much warmer there. No, it's 50 degrees here. So actually it's it's probably a lot warmer. We're at 28 Fahrenheit. So yeah. Yeah. A little warmer there. You know, I'm such a big fan of head cycling. I love all of your super fast, high-tech, beautifully designed wheels. You head is the go-to for almost all pro athletes out on the field, whether they're cyclists or triathletes. Where did the company begin? Take me back to early days. Sure. Oh, gosh. it's It's been a while. So uh, it's going to date me a little bit, but that's okay. So, you know, in the, in the early 80s, uh, I saw, obviously, Julie Moss, like most people talk about in her her amazing finish in Kona. Mm-hmm. And I had just, um, you know, been in, in college and I, I saw the race and, you know, I come from a swimming background. Uh, I grew up in Duluth and uh, I did not make the swim team the very first time I tried out. So, you know, talk about adversity and then trying to figure out, you know, what you can do with your diversity. So I, I did become a swimmer. Uh, there still is a I think there's my name still on some small pool in, in Minnesota that, you know, I have a record, but it it taught me to overcome that adversity and try. So I had to bike back and forth to work and, and I was, I was just an okay runner, but I, I thought I'd, I'd enter a triathlon. And luckily the very first one I entered, it was a birth into the Hawaiian Ironman that year. So that was uh, the first race you did. Wow. That's impressive. First race I did out of Minnesota. I did yeah. a couple here in Minnesota, but I, I left because I wanted to qualify for Kona. And I went to Texas and won back then. It was a Bud Light series race. But, you know, it was $100 entry fee. And I was I was pretty poor. I was just a college student. And a friend of mine said, there's this guy named Steve Head. He owns a bike shop. Go ask him for some help. And so I really did. I walked in. I didn't know him. I said, a friend said, you'd give me the entry fee which he did. And he also gave me a bike. And, you know, that that was like my very first sponsor. Meanwhile, Steve was uh, watching the Italians ride their wheels. And he saw Francisco Moser set the hour record on double disc wheels. And he literally really went in the garage with a friend of his and they built a solid disc wheel for the rear. And I started racing on Team Mizuno back then, which is you know, with Scott Molina, for some of you people that remember him and Julie Moss and a few other folks. And I didn't win a lot of races, but Scott Molino got another disc and he won everything. Yeah. So all of a sudden we had people wanting this disc wheel and uh, we started dating and uh, I saw a another race and the first prize was a car. So I I was fortunate to win that car, went to some banks, got turned down by most of them, but one banker said, "Oh, okay, you have you have a car." And I said, "Yes." So I gave him the title and uh I took that money and gave it to Steve and that's kind of the infancy of how head started. Steven's love for cycling, his innovation with knowing how to make this disc wheel he, he used was to an make. Engineer, right? Uh, no, what everybody he- thinks he was. He was just really brilliant and he he knew how to vision envision this product in his in his head and with you know just trial and error he was able to build product you know wow. so yep left-handed you know creativity yes and you were the first company to create the disc wheel well we were the we were one of the first US companies okay. there was a, a couple others dabbling in it but what we did is we took that that first wheel and made it available to what I would call the mass consumer. And it was at an affordable price. Right. Got it. And so, and that was really how the company started. And then your husband who took the company from with you, you guys took the company from early days, passed away a couple years ago. So it's actually been eight years uh, last week or so. It just seems like, like, yeah, no, it seems, it seems just like a few years. 
Yeah. So, you know, we moved into making all kinds of aerodynamic wheels. We moved into making pretty much the first deeper toroidal shape, 60 millimeter wheel that you see on most bikes today. We were able to get a patent on that wheel. Oh, wow. We were, yeah, we still actually have an extension of that patent. We've licensed it to a few people. A few people need to take a license, but that's another story. Mm-hmm. Uh we, you know, started working with pro cycling teams. We started working with professional, you know, triathletes. We've won several medals in the tour, in Kona, you know, Which all over the world. At the Olympics in 2016. Yep. That was um that was a really amazing day. But um, you know, really what we're most known for is, you know, shaping the bicycle industry since the eighties. And it's really just using carbon fiber, uh, aluminum and teaching people a skill, you know, so I'm proud that all of our carbon wheels are made right here in Minnesota. We have about 35% women staff, uh, which is pretty unheard of in, in manufacturing, but, you know, we progressed from, not just a disc wheel and a, and you know some deeper rims we moved into carbon fat wheels so we actually have a patent and we're the first person to make a carbon wheel for fat bikes in 2013 and in 2014 we were making wheels for Cervelo right and they came to us to to make you know a one piece carbon frame which ended up being the P5X and you know, that was a big turning point point in my life because, you know, Stephen passed away, you know, as that frame was getting prototyped, really, it was my last conversation with him. So I picked up and moved the company just after that in 2015 into the location I'm in now. It's amazing that you're able to manufacture in the U.S. given where most companies are manufacturing their products. That's a really great Thing that people should know when they're shopping for head wheels. Yeah, it's it's really beautiful to watch the process. You know, I get excited. It's 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 crazy. You know that you know after all these years that I can walk back there and a watch the carbon getting cut. You know, manufactured, woven here in the U.S. All of our presses are manufactured and made here in Minnesota. Uh, I can name every employee that touches that wheel that people that people uh, eventually ride. But, you know, to manufacture in the U.S., it is challenging because we are competing against the larger companies that assemble everything overseas. So it's a price point, you know, and we, we need to pay a livable wage. We need health insurance. We need benefits for our employees. So, you know, it's, it is a push pull here in the U.S., but I'm, I'm happy that, you know, we are still able to compete at the level and meet a price point and fulfill orders here in the U.S. Yeah, I just had someone on the podcast who has an e-bike company and they were talking about how, you know, they just moved their factory to Detroit and they're really excited about how they're going to have to add, it's going to cost more money for them to manufacture there. It's a better quality and a better culture for the company so I think that's I mean I think you know that's really interesting like as a brand like for people who are you know, I think there's a lot of companies out there that are making you know all kinds of components and wheels and things for bikes but I think what it comes down to and especially now is you know the brand culture and what it means and you know who is behind the product and also of course if the wheels are fast but you also have wheels for gravel bikes and MTB, right? So when did you guys start that? So we started pretty much the wider rim years ago, you okay. know? So if you if you look to see that, you know, there was wider gravel wheels and they think it's fairly new, it actually isn't. You know, we have our dens that date back uh, in, before 2010 and in it, in it, and we took what used to be a 19 or 20 mil wide rim and, and made it 25 or 30 mil now so that, you know, it's just a bet, a better ride, a better mm-hmm. quality ride. It handles better in the, in the gravel. And we introduced 
pretty much a carbon gravel wheel a few years back also that is hookless. So, you know, it's pretty much, you know, really superior to some of the other products that are out there. Gravel is, is, is a blast. You know, uh, we were just at Big Sugar a few months back, right after Kona. Uh, I also went to Gravel Worlds because I heard there was going to be a thousand women in that race. So I hopped in my truck with uh, with Catherine here, my operations lady, and we just said we got to go. Like if there's a thousand women, we're going. And it was it was really fun to to experience that. We were at Unbound also, and we just yeah. met with them, and we're gonna we're gonna be there again next year. I I did kind of sign up. I was gonna <laughs> say because I, I remember <laughs> we were emailing, and you said. You know, I said you were said you were at Big Sugar, and I was like, "Oh, did you ride?" And you said, "No, but your daughter did." So, so are you're gonna ride Unbound? You're gonna participate? Yeah, I haven't decided which distance yet. I'm I'm back on my Wahoo, and I've been Zwifting. So, you know, it just depends. You know how much how many miles I get in before then. You know, coming out of Minnesota, the the winners get a little tough, and that race yeah. is in June. So we'll. We'll see which one I... I was thinking I... about doing it, too. I only did one gravel ride so far in my life. I just did it the other day. I went out on a bike ride with um, Cannondale up in Connecticut. And sure. I loved it. I mean, you know, I don't. the only thing I don't love about... I guess, I guess it's probably why people love it. I just don't love being so off the grid and not knowing where I am. But if mm. somebody else is leading, if it's like an organized event, I'm in. Like, I like the terrain. It's just the navigating... So as long as I know I'm not going to get lost, I'm good. That was my that was my biggest challenge. So I was with someone who like it was probably like a baby trail they took me on, you know, mm. <laughs> a baby gravel trail. But um, I no, had a lot I, of fun. I hear that. I I agree with you. I'm I'm not I'm not crazy about being in the middle of nowhere with myself, you yeah. know. So <laughs> um, I I tend to if I'm going to go riding and you know Steve and I would do pretty much what was gravel all the time, you know, yeah. where we live in Minnesota, really gravel roads and farm roads is what, you know, Stephen's family grew up on. I didn't so much. And that's where honestly a lot of our innovation came when you're on your bike and the solitude and you, you build products because you ride and and you see what the need is. So that's how actually several of our products were invented by you know, basically writing and putting a napkin at the table and drawing something up. I'm sure, I don't know if a lot of my listeners know this, but you also innovated and designed the water bottle case that goes on the back of your bike, which was a very new concept at the time. Oh, I know exactly when it was because we were able to take the profits from that behind the seat water bottle cage, which was made out of aluminum and purchase our first home or our second home. So the first home we purchased we worked out of night and day in a garage is where the wheels were made in White Bear. And then the fax machine started in uh, the late 80s and kept me up at night. And I told Steve, I can't I can't live in this and work here anymore because we have to receive faxes overnight from Australia and New Zealand. But I'm up all night hearing them, you know, yeah. so um, we were able to take the, you know, the proceeds from that and and purchase another home where we eventually moved out of and, and kept the factory. We call it the home Acri where it was a home and a factory at the same time. It sounds like head it's built with heart and family and like passion. And it sounds like you're still doing it that way. I mean, it's like, I love that. I think it's such a great story for a brand. You know, there's not a lot of companies like that anymore, especially in the cycling industry. Yeah, I just was in the office with my son two minutes before this. He was getting me set up on the Zoom call. But, you know, he he does a lot of our OE uh, accounts. He does a lot of the, some of the marketing. He's kind of the jack of all trades. He dropped off wheels at a local shop yesterday. And so he sits alongside me all day. My daughter, if I need something made up or a logo or marketing or you know, she helps with that. She's uh, She's got another job teaching art. So both my kids are lefties. So they're very creative. Steve is a lefty. Yeah. I'm the only righty. So I have to keep us on track. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they all they all have the left handed scissors and, and keep me humble. So they work for they work at the company as well. Yeah, Rebecca's kind of part time, but Andrew's full time. And Tell me about your kids. They sound awesome. <laughs> so Rebecca graduated about a year and a half ago. 
and she has a fine art business degree. So I told her if she was going to be an artist, she needed to know how to make money. So, um, <laughs> Sorry, my you know, so an she... artist. I, I know I grew up around artists. It's yeah. A tough. She's it's a, yeah. It's a challenging life. She does take, uh, our former three spoke wheels and makes beautiful duct tape art out of those. So she does wow. that on the side and, but is actually teaching art right now and getting a master's in art. Uh, my son, Andrew graduated from the same college, with a uh, video marketing degree. So he he takes some of those skills or a lot of those skills and, hey, if we need a quick video of for Insta or Facebook or something, he uses those skills. But he, you know, he kind of enjoys the sales part of it. Who is doing all the beautiful design? I love the wheels on Sam's bike. Sam Laidlow. Oh, my God. Those wheels are awesome. So the the front wheel that he used, we've had on the market for a few years. Yeah. It's the Vanquish series. And so it's a, a very fast patented design front wheel that's all carbon and it's disc brake only. So the story behind the 180. Uh, everybody's sitting down, right? Because this is a good one. <laughs> when I was in Kona in the 80s, I had come from a race in Japan. And Stephen was going to meet me there, but I had just a rear disc wheel on the back my bike and I was on the course training and a gentleman came up to me on a scooter and just kind of curtly said, you shouldn't be on the course with the disc wheel. You know, you're going to get blown over and, and you know, it's windy. And I, and I said, yes, I know I can't use this. I'm waiting for my husband to bring me my other wheel. And so, you know how you take something for years and you think about it, you know, and, and obviously we didn't have Kona for two years and I wanted to do something special and I didn't know what I wanted to do, but mm-hmm. I was thinking about something incredibly different and fast. And my my team and I were working on something else, but it wasn't the 180. And I, I just I said, this isn't right. And then I was in a meeting with them in the first or second week of August. And it's like a penny from heaven. It, it just, as the meeting evolved, I said, no, I know what I want to do. I got it. We're going to take our jet and we're going to make it as deep as we can. It would just, it just was an immediate thought. I can't tell you how it happened. It just happened. I think Stephen was signaling me. I really do. And so I looked at my staff and I said, we have to do a 180 deep. We, we have to do a deeper jet. We've been making jets for years. This is what we can do. So Within a couple of weeks, we have our own CNC five axis machine here. We tooled, made the mold, designed it. And, and I had some engineers on staff here help for the depth of the wheel. Okay. The, the coincidence is that it's 180 uh, millimeters Kona or any Ironman's 180 kilometers. Right. That is so ironic. very ironic, but I, we got the first one out of the mold right around Labor Day. So we're talking September 1st-ish. Right. Uh, and I said, oh, my gosh, we made one. I need to call Iron Man. Like, I'm, I can't I can't make a bunch of these. Bring them to the race only to have it pulled. Right. So I called a buddy of mine, and he connected me with the lawyer okay. at, at the Iron Man Corporation. And I showed him what I was doing. And we read the rule book and he said, if you bring this wheel, it meets the rules. Wow. Yes, because I, I didn't want the stress right. on them or me or the athletes. Right. Like so that was the green light. Yeah. So within a couple weeks, we had figured out how to make more, drill them, spoke them, lay some, patent penned it. We patent penned it. We designed, patented it. We trademarked it. I'm like, if I'm going to go for this, I'm going for this. Cause I, I knew it was different enough. Right. And it was getting to be, okay, boy, I better send a few to athletes. So the first athlete that I sent it to was Lionel. Okay. Sanders. He, and he rides on your wheels. Yeah. He, he does. And he went, oh my gosh, you know, so it all kind of lined up because Andrew took the photos. Rebecca helped me with the artwork, right. but I can name Every employee that touched that wheel, well, I I let it loose and I didn't send it to any magazines or anything. I sent it to Lionel and it would have been our wedding anniversary that day. So there was so much family involved in this wheel. 
So it was really special to me. So I put Steve's signature on the decal and I signed every single one of them. And I sent six women and six men. So besides um, Sam, you know, I sent it to Magnus at Lev. Okay. It's another who had an amazing race also. Michael Weiss was a pro in Kona, Leon Chevalier, and obviously Sam. But the first race was the ladies. Right. And we had Josh and McCauley and Susie Chetham, Lauren Brandon uh, on the wheels. And I knew after that first day they were special, mm-hmm. you know, because we had done internal testings here. Mm-hmm. Like we do stopwatch and test and test and we knew it was faster. We we thought five to eight watts better. Mm-hmm. But when Sam took off in Kona and I was there Again, I couldn't watch it all. I get nervous, to be honest with you. you um, I get, <laughs> yeah, I do. Honest. I mean, I'm I'm human. You know, right. like you know, and it, they're like it, babies. They're like your kids. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So when he pulled ahead and just kept pulling ahead, yeah, I just I still have goosebumps. It didn't really resonate. Obviously, you know, Lionel didn't have his best day. He struggled a little bit out there. Um, but he was on it and, you know, Leon got that one minute penalty, but still broke the record. So Sam breaking by six minutes was pretty unheard of, That's you know? amazing. Yeah. And, you know, Magnus had a really good ride also, probably would have broke the record too. So I, I just remember after he finished the race in the King Kamehameha going to find him. Mm-hmm. And uh, then seeing him and his father, and it was, it was really special. All right. Hope you're enjoying this conversation. I'm just dropping in here to give a shout out to our partners, Athletic Greens and AG1. AG1 is an all-in-one nutritional supplement. It has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. And it's super easy to use. Just add one scoop to a cup of water daily. AG1 is my go-to for getting in the essential daily supplements that I need. I always take the travel packs with me on the road. And I just got back from a ski trip. I never leave home without them. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every day to take great care of yourself. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, and it tastes great. Right now is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Marnie on the Move. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Marnie on the Move to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now, back to my conversation. When I interviewed Sam on the podcast... Yeah, I love that his dad is his coach and like they're in they're in it for the win, like the whole family. I mean, like he had me in tears <laughs> and he was like, tear- he was teary eyed, too. So when he came in second place, I was so psyched for him. I was going to say, like, did he give you any really good feedback about the wheels? I mean, I'm sure all your athletes do. But, you know, what do you have to say? You know, he just said it was incredibly fast along with the other athletes. I think what I I knew it was fast and I knew it would handle well. So. Kona's windy and a lot of day, uh, you never know what you're going to get, but it was a lighter wind that day. But if you look at the the video of how well that wheel handled in the wind and how straight line those athletes were going, Mm -hmm. you know, in the Watts savings they had. But I think, you know, what's so special about Sam as an individual is I met him at St. George Ironman. Uh, because he had purchased a wheel from a French distributor and when in traveling, he had dented the rim. He somehow found me in St. George and his father and him pull up in a van. I think in the back of it, there was a mattress, you know, because they had been traveling so much. He found out 
both of them found out it was a family business because my son and my daughter were both there. They had no idea it was our surname. And I think what was special between his family and our family is, is it's family still. Like there's very few of us left, especially women owned and run in this cycling dominated world, which is rare. Uh, But, you know, you just have connections, but I think honestly, the, this was very special, special to me, but what even topped me even more for Kona this year is I was going to meet Sam and standing in front of me was Chris Nickick mm-hmm. and his father. And if for some of you folks don't know this, um, Chris Nickick is the first athlete with Down syndrome yeah. to compete in an Ironman. And he finished and he finished under the time. And, and his father said to Chris, Chris, this is Annie Head. She's the lady that made your wheels. And he grabbed a hold of me and hugged me, the tightest, most wonderful hug I've ever had. And he he wouldn't let go. And his father kept saying, Chris, yeah. Annie, Annie, Annie's has a really nice hug. You can let go now. And he whispered in my ear and his dad, and he said, But dad, she's warm and soft like mom. That's so sweet. Oh my God. That I will never, ever, Marnie, I will never, ever, ever, ever forget that Yeah. ever in my life. That was the biggest compliment you could ever give me. It's why people do things with passion because it's not for the end goal. It's for helping other people accomplish their goals. But I think that's amazing. I love, I, I love these stories. I, I, when I was in St. George and we were listening to just everyday athletes, age groupers, share their stories. It was, I had age groupers on the podcast from Octagon, from Team Octagon. Okay. They're amazing. They're like, there's just so many incredible people that do these races. It's so inspiring. You know, I'm out there doing them too, but I'm just doing them to have fun and finish. But like when you hear the stories of the perseverance and things that athletes overcome and and, and all of them, every athlete, pro, age grouper that came on my podcast, like the reason they work with the brands they work with is because of the culture of that brand. So it's it's like really great that, I mean, even Dia and his bike, Ventum, Jocelyn rides Ventum. I love Dia. Like I love that he built this company and how he's growing it. Yeah, Jocelyn's race was interesting because I saw her right before the race and um Set, you know, help set her. And, and this was what was happening. I was there 10 days before the race, but, you know, it was literally hand delivering and making sure all those athletes like Jocelyn and Susie and Lauren, who were racing first, were all set up. Some They were changing to tubeless, <laughs> which is fine. So it you it was both. all this. Like you have all the different, yeah. you have the whole spectrum of wheels that you are. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But they were all on 180s along okay. with Elisabetta, who ended up being 21st. And, and I think the front uh, wheel was the three spokes. Nope, not in Kona. Okay. No, there was no three spokes. Okay. You could have, but um, we actually don't make that wheel anymore. That was a wheel that was made in a factory that we owned in Spain. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other story how that all started. But yeah, we, we don't have that factory anymore. We closed that down maybe two or three years ago just because it was hard to to run a factory from Minnesota and Spain, but most of them had a 60 or 90 millimeter vanquish on the front to complement the 180 rear. Okay. Got it. And that's, that's just like, you know, as I have been on my journey into exploring wheels, trying to understand like what wheels are for what conditions. And I obviously now am well seasoned on this, but how do you pick the wheels? How do you get into picking like, what are the entry level wheels that someone might buy versus like, you know, Sam Laidlow or Jocelyn McCauley or, you know, some of the octagon elite athletes that are, you know, seasoned athletes that are, you know, very experienced on the disc wheel or, you know, bigger rim wheels. Do you have, what is your beginner set? Yeah. I mean, you know, um, we make even, you know, aluminum wheels also. So if somebody doesn't want that carbon wheel, we have that in rim brake and disc brake. And I think we're one of the only companies out there left that manufacture rim brake wheels, but it really depends on the athlete in the course that they're doing, or, you know, you can train and race on our jet series, which is an aluminum rim with a carbon fairing, and it's an affordable set of wheels, uh, or, 
or you can, you know, you can, you can, you can train on a vanquish if you'd like. So it, it's specific to the course now that, you know, we've all heard that we know that the ladies race is going to be in Kona this year and the men's race, not sure, but possibly Nice, not sure exactly, yeah, but yeah, yeah. different courses would have different depths and different types of wheels. And, you know, obviously Kona didn't allow a full disc. That's why I made the 180, but you know, it's, it's subjective to what that person's going to be racing. So there, right. we have so many, yeah. a lot to choose from. And that's why we have this wonderful staff that picks up the phone and can chat with people. And we actually do pick up the phone oh, and answer great. it when that's people call in. So people can call <laughs> and ask questions and kind of, sure. You know, I've got a lot of listeners that, you know, they're probably, they don't have these questions. And then I have some listeners that, you know, some people that I ride with even that, just recently uh we're looking to get some wheels and we were having a debate i didn't have enough information to back up my argument but i just know that wheels are awesome and they make a huge difference in you know holding your speed but also Mm -hmm. you know going fast and i was trying to explain that if you're not really going over 20 miles an hour it's not really going to make that big of a difference but maybe i'm wrong what do you what do you have to say about that uh yeah i mean you're gonna see you're going to see a benefit over an alloy rim that, you know, is maybe 20, 30 mil deep. You're going to see an immediate savings, you know, if you go to 50, 60 or 90, depending on what you're doing. And, and you'll see that with speeds over 15, 16 miles an hour. So, you know, it, it does make a difference. You're going to see a lot more difference the, the higher you go, the higher speeds you go. So, you know, when, when these guys are doing Kona and they're pushing, you know, several hundred Watts or such, and it's a long race, you're going to see to them, you know, that six minute savings for Sam over the course, it, it had, I'm not going to say it, it was just his wheels. Obviously it wasn't just his wheels, but you know, he had a, a spectacular day, but the performance was there. You know, I, I, I had a lot of skeptical people asking prior to the race, you know, and, and I, and that's why I didn't call magazines or let people know. I just wanted to have the product prove itself. You know, we are still trying to get in the tunnel to get precise data, but it's hard sometimes to get in right away. And this product was designed, developed, engineered, and shipped in 45 days. Wow. Yeah, so during the pandemic, I saw an increase, and every I think everyone has seen an increase in people getting interested in cycling or, you know, spending more time on their bikes. Did you see a big increase in demand for wheels, and how were you able to work around that and get people wheels? You know, we were, I think, fortunate because we manufacture here in the U.S. Yeah. You know, not, not every single component on my wheel is U.S. made, so there was some supply chain issues with some bits and pieces. And you know, a nickel part can stop a thousand dollar wheel. You know, if yeah. you don't have it. But I think we were able to meet the demand of our OEs and some of our other customers quicker than other manufacturers. But what it really did is. You know, we we spent some of that PPP money and stuff on infrastructure, on tooling, on a new five axis CNC training for our employees. Like we we internally, because we couldn't travel and go to races, spent mm-hmm. those funds, which were great to help the company retool and, you know, help help our employees out. Right. So it was kind of a little bit of a, a rebirth in some of the the designs and and it let us really spend time internally. And I think it was okay for yeah. us to do that yeah. so that we could be ready for what we were able to produce in 45 days, you know? Yeah. Now, were you at, were you also at the Tour de France? Did you end up, did you go to the women's tour this year or? Unfortunately not. You know, we, we don't have what I, you know, a women's pro team. We are, we were hoping to be on one, but it, it didn't quite work out that that week is always Ragbri, the registered area bike ride across Iowa. Okay. I'm sure some of your listeners have done it. It's it's in Iowa and it's from one end of Iowa to the next. And we uh normally are there for the gravel loop. We have been part of it um ever since Steve's passing because the previous race promoter 
and Steve had a conversation. If you add a gravel loop to one of the days, I'll hand out a patch or a sticker. And so the kids and I or friends go and hand that out. And every year now there's a loop and it's pretty much a memory of Steve. So I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to have to pick and choose in the future, but the goal would be to uh, to be over there. We've had a couple of the athletes on some of the women on the podcast, and I'm hoping to go. I think it's so exciting. And you have a lot of road cyclists that are part of your athlete team and ambassadors as well, right? Yeah, and we've had several several people on ours in the tour, unbranded. Uh, probably we'll have some unbranded this year also because yeah. I'm sending some wheels over there right now for a team. But, you know, it's it's a big leap. Like there's, you know, we're, we're a small company right. and a lot of the uh, teams that are tour pro tour teams have group sets that require certain components. And this has been what we've been struggling with since yeah. our infancy, actually, you know, I, I, it's, it's just, it's, it's us, it's me and my staff. It's not, you know, owned by a big corporation. And it's hard when athletes have to use what comes on the bike, but I get it. I understand it. It's, it's part of business when they can in and have in the past and some will in the future, our wheels get over there unbranded. They have our wheels without our logo. Oh, <laughs> Okay. So, so what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, you know, because they can't use, cause they have another brand that they're sponsored by, but they, they're sponsored of- and get paid by. Yeah. So, um, so that, you know, depending on the athlete, they can choose their, their TT wheels, mm-hmm. you know, it's usually a TT wheel and, uh, and that they, they all ride ours. Right. And now just like back to gravel, because we were just talking about it, you make really nice gravel wheels. Do you, I guess, do they get destroyed because of all the gravel or is there something in them that makes them like more durable? And again, I've been on gravel once. <laughs> so so yeah, asking, we, we have the dumbest question on the planet, <laughs> but sure. <laughs> so we have two types of wheels. We have aluminum wheels and carbon wheels and we actually named them after Emporia. Yes, the so, Emporia GC3 and the Emporia GA. Right. So that that's a whole other story for another podcast, but um you know, it's a great name and I trademarked it so we can use it uh on on all those wheels, but you know, the the modulus of carbon that we use is very strong and right. uh, it it it's very resistant to the rock and the impact and so uh, the designs that we've made and the hookless designs, so you can go tubeless and they're wider than our road wheels. They're, they're pretty bulletproof. Uh, a funny story is, you know, right after Kona, we went to Big Sugar and, uh, and Catherine went prior to me to the Bicycle Leadership Council meeting and we had given pay John Weller wheels and uh, I don't know what's with the six minutes this year, but Paige ended up winning Big Sugar Gravel Women's Field by six minutes on those wheels. And she got them two days before. Okay. Wow. And that ride is incredibly rocky, incredibly sharp. And I, I don't really know what she was on prior, but she had some mechanicals before. And, you know, she just raved about the Emporias and, you know, there's nothing worse than a mechanical. Like it, it is just not fun, but she was able to, to, to have an incredible day and win the women's division, mm-hmm. uh, and take first with the Emporia pro carbon wheel. Wow. That's very cool. And so do you feel like now, now that we're like all back into like a flow, like you were at Kona, you were at big sugar, are you going to be doing a lot more? Are you going to be going to a lot more events this year? Like what, what can we expect to see with head and, you know, in 2023? Well, we're just sitting and looking at our schedule and, and solidifying our athletes. Cause we're, you know, I would, I I've been known to say yes to everybody and I can't, you know, I just can, I wish I could sponsor the world. And so you're looking at your, your athlete roster for 2023. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that there's, there's the iconic races that we're going to go to obviously for gravel. We'll, we'll be at unbound. We'll be at big sugar, uh, we're looking at Sea Otter mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Gravel Worlds. Those, you know, those are 
um, STP and maybe some of the waffle ones. But, you know, I can't be everywhere every week and I've got a small staff here. As far as triathlons, um, obviously, you know, it's as a brand, we're seeing what's going to happen with the split up this year, you know, between Kona and and possibly Nice. And again, they're not sure yet, so don't hold me to that. But, you know, maybe some 70.3s. We were just recently invited to the Clash Daytona. And, you know, I I, I, I didn't get COVID this year, um, but after all that traveling and I think sitting in the back of the pain in the middle by the toilets, my mm-hmm. last one, I, I caught something. So um, I wasn't able to go to Clash, even though I had wanted to. So, you know, we're just we're just kind of putting it all together. I mean, there's there's other races that we're looking at, but I don't have the whole whole yeah. year planned yet. I, this is a time for me when I start thinking about like what races I'm going to do and what, you know, what I'm putting on my schedule as well. And I'm also, you know, planning out like travel for work and how can I couple those things together? But yeah, no decisions yet either. But I think it's, I think it's like, there's so many options. It sounds like you guys are deep into gravel, like in terms of your marketing and just being present at those events. You know, it's, it's it's really fun because it kind of brings it back to the grassroots. I kind of feel like gravel is is where triathlon was in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, it's just it's just fun. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't still have you know joy and passion of getting on my bike and riding with other people. Yeah, but my blood is in triathlon. You know, I I mean, yeah, it's really where it, it is. I I just you know sometimes over the past however years I've been doing this you have ebbs and flows of what you're wanting to to be part of but you know it it could even just be you know a local ride here it's just you know getting getting yourself in the saddle and and yeah. enjoying it you know i i at seven o'clock last night after i got home from work i got in the pool after i got home which is wow. is Freezing. what i'm trying <laughs> Well, I swim my age in fifties on my birthday, and I just had a birthday, oh, and so my daughter. Or you're no Sagittarius, okay. so, so I'm Scorpio. Um, okay. Okay, and my daughter had her birthday, so we swam twenty four one hundred. So when you're when you're younger, you get hundreds. Okay. So I had to do that. So I have to keep my fitness up. Now I've got to get ready for. I I didn't do it on my birthday. I have this month to do it. So when you you ask, okay, am I still training? I I don't. I don't do anything fast anymore. I do it for fitness and fun. I had a similar idea. Like I was like, oh, okay, I'm turning 50. I should do 50 50s or like, you know, everything in 50, like whether it's like 50 miles on the bike, 50 minutes on a run. It's like, I love the idea of a challenge. Are there any new wheels coming out for 2023 that we should know about? Um, anything on the horizon? Well, there's there is some proprietary stuff that we're working on that you'll probably see second quarter. Okay. Uh, we're we're going to be adding some more lineups to the gravel wheels mm-hmm. with some wider, deeper uh, rims for that. Just because the speeds that some of these folks are going, and I've been in enough races now that you know we can we can get arrow on some wow. of those wheels. Uh, and we've got some some new wheels coming up for for the rotor in the vanquish series, we're going to look at doing some of them also hookless, you know, so we, we've, we've got a few of our models like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, as far as this 180 wheel sky's the limit there, yeah. uh, you know, so I'm, I'm sitting down and, and sending some of the, the wheels for UCI compliance testing, mm-hmm. uh, and meeting with some of the track folks there next week. So there's a lot happening, you know, it's just kind of behind the scenes. I, I don't think I'm going to do what I did with the 180 and just try to develop something in 45 days, not contact any of the press and just do it. That was just right. such a whirlwind, but you know, we'll have more of more it's prepared late, though. I mean, you know, people <laughs> saw it, but you can always put a press release on endurance newswire. Yeah. In addition to training and running a company and a business, are there any fun shows you're watching on Netflix or HBO max or any of those things or books you're reading? So this weekend we're going to Bridgerton. Oh, so oh, wow. I know. So my daughter is kind of like, birthday present, uh, and my son and, and some more friends were, you know, I mean, this is what kids do. So, um, we're actually dressing up and you can go 
participate in as be in Bridgerton. So Bridgerton is coming to cities. I know. That's so cool. crazy. I'm not telling my partner about that because we'll be doing it. <laughs> I'm not yeah, telling so, them. <laughs> it was pretty will. reasonable too. To the podcast. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So you're going to Bridgerton. So that's, that's in, in two days. I'm going to be doing that. But do you dress up as different you know, characters? I think we're just going to, you know, dress up in the era of clothing. I have okay. to go digging in my closet tomorrow and see if I have some fit dress that I feel comfortable wearing to Bridgerton. But, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, I mean, Minnesota, when it's, it's now December and it gets dark and cold at, at five, I, I actually really believe in an off season and downtime to recruit. Like I said, that, you know, from, from the, the August idea of this wheel and then Kona, Big Sugar and some other events, I, I think that there's this, I need an off season, just like when I yeah. race professionally as a triathlete, it's, it's okay to have an off season and, and cuddle up and watch some Netflix and read a book for sure. I think it's awesome what you're doing. I love that you're like still family owned company in this very corporate industry and world. Well, thank you very much. This you was know. really awesome being on your podcast. And I'm just, you know, for all those folks out there that do support head cycling and my family and our family business, it's really wonderful that you're out there and, and supporting us. Cause there's a lot of wheel choices out there. When we started, there was maybe 10 and now there's probably 2000. I don't know. I can't keep up. Yeah. So I appreciate all the, the head fans out there and, and the people that ride our wheels. When do you announce your athletes for next year? Do you do like an official announcement? Oh, they kind of know, you know, um, we're, we're just getting some contracts. I mean, I, I, I really love working with certain athletes. My gosh, I think I've been with Lionel since, I don't know, eight years, nine years, maybe something like that. I mean, you know, he's, he's fantastic. And, you know, we're pretty much keeping all the athletes, adding a few more, uh, adding a few more gravel teams and, We'll see. I'm excited about gravel. Very exciting. Well, it's been so awesome having you on the podcast. And well, you're welcome. Thanks so much, Marnie. Thanks again for tuning into Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram.